Tina Queer, no my Heidi Mai. My name is Will Appleby, and you're listening to Animal Matters. Today, SAFE has launched its Free Hens from Cages campaign to pressure the government to finally phase out colony cages. I'll be chatting with SAFE campaigns manager Jessica Chambers about this new campaign and how you can support it. And two more dogs were killed in the greyhound racing industry last week, one of which was at the Whanganui racetrack, which has clocked up 10 deaths this season alone. Animal Matters is brought to you by SAFE for Animals. We release new episodes every week, so make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever your favourite podcast platform is. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at safe.org.nz forward slash animal matters. Last month, we brought you the news that the European Union is making moves towards banning cages for all farmed animals. Well, earlier this month, the European Commission announced its commitment to ban the caging of all farmed animals across the European Union by 2027. This historic commitment will free 300 million animals from cages. But as the world moves away from intensive confinement of animals, Aotearoa is lagging behind. We still have 1.2 million hens imprisoned in cages, despite multiple promises from the Labour Party that they would ban the use of colony cages in 2014 and 2017. That's not good enough. And with that in mind, today SAFE has launched its Free Hens from Cages campaign, calling on the government to free the 1.2 million hens trapped in colony cages. To chat about the new campaign, I'm joined by SAFE campaigns manager Jessica Chambers. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Jess. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Tell us about colony cages. What are they and, and why they were introduced and the experience for the birds who are confined to colony cages? Colony cages were introduced into New Zealand in 2012 after battery cages were outlawed. Bit of a disappointing move for the New Zealand egg industry. Uh, but basically a colony cage is pretty much exactly the same as a battery cage, but it can house a lot more hens and um, it has a couple of differences in the in the sense that it has perches um, and a rubber scratch pad on the ground. Now, when they were introduced here in New Zealand, colony cages were already being banned around the world. Um, Germany was already in the process of ensuring that they weren't allowed to enter the country on animal welfare grounds. And that's because hens in colony cages basically suffer from all of the same welfare problems as a hen in a battery cage. Uh, they can't walk around freely or stretch their wings. They can't perform normal behaviours like, um, for example, dust bathing or sun basking, foraging. Um, basically, hens living in colony cages suffer just as much as a hen in a battery cage. So, so why is SAFE launching this campaign now? Well, SAFE has um, been staunchly against the caging of hens for a very, very long time. And now, I suppose, is the right time to start putting that pressure on our government to finally ban colony cages in New Zealand. Previously, SAFE has been working with members of the food service industry. Uh, and you might know the majority of New Zealand's food service companies have now made promises to no longer purchase cage eggs on animal welfare grounds. The New Zealand public is very much against the caging of hens. And um, we're basically launching this campaign now because around the world, these cages are being banned and um, we just need to make sure that New Zealand doesn't get left behind. Uh, you mentioned the, the global trends. What we just mentioned earlier in the podcast, the EU was making moves towards banning 
uh, cages for all farmed animals. What are the trends globally for, for Connolly cages? That announcement with the EU was made at the end of June. It was a big announcement. Um, 300 million animals will be freed from cages within the next seven years. So it's really groundbreaking. It's really, really fantastic. Um, Here in New Zealand, we have about 2.3 million animals in cages. So it shouldn't be that much work for our government to get that across the line. Here's hoping. But prior to EU's announcement, um, already around the world, European countries have been banning the caging of animals, including hens. Um, The United States, I think, is up to nine states now that are no longer allowing hens to be confined in cages. It really is basically the new global standard. Basically, we just need to catch up now here in New Zealand. Why do you think it's taken so long for New Zealand to ban Connolly cages? Honestly, that's a really difficult question to answer. We've had politicians and parties in the past make promises to ban the caging of hens, but those promises simply haven't been followed through with. I think what we really need is to have a strong government, have brave political leaders who are willing to stand up for animals and do something good for them. Um, I think that's really basically what it comes down to. And for people listening to this podcast, what, what can they do to help? Wild Safe has launched its Free Hens from Cages campaign. And what you could do is go to our website and sign our petition calling on Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor to ban the caging of hens. You can take it a step further by sharing that petition with everybody you know. Um, and keep an eye on it because we'll be sharing that petition next year, late March. And that was Jessica Chambers, Safe Campaigns Manager, talking about the new campaign launched by Safe Today to free hens from cages. It's been a pretty rubbish month for greyhound racing, which, to be honest, isn't much of a surprise. Last week, another dog was killed in Palmerston North. Federal fear broke his leg and was subsequently euthanised, making him the 12th dog killed this year. And then on Friday, Big Time Frosty was killed at the notorious Whanganui race trap after a serious fracture of her right tibia. We've raised concerns about the Whanganui race track before. Over Christmas last year, five dogs were killed in the space of a month at the same track. At the time, the Ministry for Primary Industries refused to close the track for an investigation. Big Time Frosty is now the 10th dog to lose its life this season at Whanganui. In total, that's 13 dogs that have been killed this year, and 5 since the government announced the Greyhound Racing Review in April. And doping still appears to be rife in the industry. At the end of June, the greyhound racing industry saw its fourth case of doping in six months. This was the last non-race day hearing held by the Judicial Control Authority for Racing, where Brian Goldsack was fined after his dog, Light Cruiser, was found to have the drug diclofenac in his system. You probably know the drug by its brand name, Voltaren, which is a medication used to prevent or alleviate pain, swelling and inflammation. It's known to be dangerous to animals if ingested. Mr. Goldsack was fined $3,000 in order to pay costs and expenses of $2,000. There was drama at that hearing, with Mr. Goldsack storming out with a flurry of derogatory, abusive and obscene outbursts directed at the JCA committee. He was none too pleased about the outcome. He insisted that he had not given the dog the drugs and could not explain how the positive test arose, other than to say someone nobbled his dog. 
By that he means someone intentionally tried to cause harm to the dog or the trainer's reputation. He claimed that someone must have administered the drug whilst Light Cruiser was awaiting the race and alleged the security at the raceway was inadequate. Alternatively, he suggested that someone may have got access to his kennels. The JCA were not convinced, however. There was no evidence to support Mr Goldsack's conjecture and evidence presented by the Racing Integrity Unit upheld the security of the kennels at the raceway. Furthermore, Mr Goldsack has a prescription for the same drug found in the dog system to treat his own back and hip condition. None of this matters though, because the simple act of presenting a greyhound at the raceway with a prohibited substance in its system is a breach of the rules of racing, regardless of how the substances were ingested. And so, Mr Goldsack was sentenced. It's worth noting, this is not the first doping case that Mr Goldsack has been involved in. As I mentioned earlier, this was one of the last pieces of business for the Judicial Control Authority. Both the JCA and the Racing Integrity Unit have now been disestablished and replaced by the new Racing Integrity Board. The new Racing Integrity Board has been established as an independent body under the new Racing Industry Act 2020. When he announced the board members, Racing Minister Grant Robertson said that New Zealanders expect racing to be safe for the animals involved and fair for punters, and that the new board will help provide this assurance. But it turns out the new board may not be all that independent. Star News in Christchurch found that Brent Williams, who was recently appointed to the new Racing Integrity Board, has had a long association with the racing industry and served as a Harness Racing New Zealand representative on the Judicial Control Authority. He's also listed as a co-owner of a three-year-old horse that's won hundreds of thousands of dollars in harness racing. That horse's trainer was Robert Dunn, who has been fined for numerous doping-related infractions during his career. Brent Williams isn't the only board member who lacks independence. Dr Patricia Pierce also has a background in the industry. She owns several horses used for racing, and she breeds, prepares and races thoroughbred horses. It's not a good look for an industry already under fire. In April, harness racing trainer Mitchell Kerr was banned for life after being found guilty of a range of charges based on the duping of owners in New Zealand and Australia. A month later, harness racing trainer Jesse Alford was banned for seven years for doping offences, which included the first known use of the banned chemical formalin in New Zealand. A constant criticism of the industry is that it largely polices itself. The establishment of an independent racing integrity board was promoted as a solution to that problem. But it turns out, it's certainly lacking a lot of that sought-after independence. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation, and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating, as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mā wā.